Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hello and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. And uh, I'm Raven Metzner, the showrunner of uh, Iron Fist Season 2. Hey, Connor. Hey, Raven. Yes, very special guest today. Very excited to have him on the show. And you guys are as well from the mail I've gotten. So, yeah, uh, really glad to have you on here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. It's nice. always, always great to talk to uh, people who are fans of uh the iron fist uh you know as a a comic book and uh character and now uh you know i guess i'm i'm part of the uh i've I've, you know wormed my way into the mythology yes you are definitely part of the iron fist mythology now congratulations Uh, (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah so we should start like an iron fist cult cult of the iron fist i like the sound of that uh uh, that sounds cool (laughs) (laughs) well i i guess i guess i guess technically not you know, I don't know how, how many spoilers we're going to do on this podcast, but technically, in a way, Davos uh, has sort of, I guess he would be the one who has already sort of started a cult of the Iron Fist. I just don't know if it's one that I'd want to join. Not going to lie, I'd probably join. <laughs> <laughs> I think Davos is pretty awesome, i got to say. Uh, yeah. Well, well done, by the way, on Davos, and i got to say that fight in Kunlun just blew me away i was oh yeah i go back and watch that fight and i pick up different things uh this is a full spoiler podcast uh just getting that out of the way now for anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled but uh the way davos uses the technique on danny at the start to put him into a stroke i didn't pick that up uh when i was first watching you know how he does a little touch well he tries to do it on danny so it's a it's a really dirty move and lei kung looks kind of shocked that he does that, and there's all these little things in that fight, you know, all these little subtle moments, like Davos taking off his mask to try and get Danny to hold back, and I, I just really love it so much. Uh, Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it's funny, there's so, there, there's a lot that went into it, and just to add to that, like, you know, we, you know, John Worley, who wrote that that script, uh, and the whole writer's room, we really, really dug into to a lot of that was episode two you know we had to we had to so that fight had to define so many things that were going to come in the season yeah we had to have all those emotional pieces landed there and Rachel Talley did a great job of uh of capturing the emotion and also uh, uh making it making it uh making it making it an awesome awesome fight um uh, so, uh, but there was lots of things in there as well that we had to dial in, which are the other things, which I think are interesting as well is, you know, the mask, uh, that they're, yes. for the ceremonial mask that they're both wearing, you know, we had a lot of discussions about how to make that mask a real thing and not just a thing that you, you know, that that's cool because it's in the comics. I mean, we all yeah. want it because it's cool in the comics, but, and, and a couple of things that we sort of agreed on, uh, in the writer's room and that, that, that. Netflix and 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 um, Marvel were really behind. Where the idea that the mask is something you wear to hide your identity. So when you're fighting your best friend, right, 
And that's the thing you notice when he pulls the mask off yeah. and, and Danny hesitates, right? But the other thing, which is really cool about it, is the black circles around the eyes. They're not yeah. just decorative, right? They're, they're actual eye black. And eye black is used to block uh, warriors, soldiers uh, use it in, in modern warfare as well, to block you from getting the sun in your eyes, right? It keeps the reflection huh. of the underside of your eyes. Uh, so well. when, Davos, when Davos does that move and he pulls the mask off, right, he, he also himself left himself off. open. Yeah. yeah. So it works. So, so there's little things like that that I think, you know, and we, again, we, I'm really, it's really nice to, that, that, and cool to hear that you picked up on those things. We really tried to, um, especially with the fights to tell more visually and, and in action as opposed to explaining every detail like that, hoping that as fans and people watch it, that they, on rewatching, that you find more depth in, in those moments and sort of more story in those moments. So anyway, yeah, yeah that, that, that's, a, that's one of my favorite, favorite things that I've ever been a part of. And, and I, I, in terms of, you know, writing and, and pitching and shooting. And I, I just, it's just, and also it's a great moment of collaboration between so many departments, you know, from the acting and the stunts to the cinematography, the directing to the editing, you know, Tim Brinker who edited that sequence, just, it's just magic. Yeah. So I'm glad you liked it. A lot of people worked really, really hard to make that work. Yeah, definitely. I, for me, it was the high point of the season. Like, it was so good. And I, I didn't even notice that. They used it to block out the sun. I really like that. So Davos using a sort of dirty trick on Danny sets him up, self up for defeat later on. Uh, well, also, I really like what you're saying. I like, I like what you're saying as well about the Lei Kung piece because, yeah, we also hid, we hid that move that, that Davos does. He yeah. tries it on Danny and, uh, and then later on, of course, we find out it, it, it's the, it's, it's not only is it the move that Davos uses on, on, um, Mr. Yang, but it's also the method by which Danny realizes it's Davos, right? Cause only two yeah. people in the world could do it. But the other part of it, which I really am so glad you, you mentioned, which is really cool is that that moment of Lake Kong seeing it and going, that's dirty pool. Yeah. Because a lot of questions I think that remain unanswered about why the fight was called seemingly in Danny's favor without Davos dying when, you know, why, why that moment happened at the end in that exact way. So I, and I think that's something that, you know, if we were lucky enough to have a season three, that's a big question and yeah. a big area love to explore is the is the more of not just the relationship between Danny and Davos there, but the the, the wise why in terms of Lee Kong and reasoning behind the choices that were made in that moment sort of for Danny, which I think is interesting. So yeah. anyway. I guess I don't know if this is cheating to ask this, but if the fight kept going, would Danny have won that fight? Well, I think that, I mean, I think the question is less about would he have won or would he have done what's necessary in the, which, you know, by the rules, which are if, if someone won't yield, then they die, right? Yeah. So the real question is, would Danny have, have, have taken the next step, step. if the yeah. fight wasn't called? And I think that's a question, that's a big thing for me anyway, when I think about Lake Kong. That's that's one of the things that to me that occurs is 
you know, is, was Lei Kung, it's a question, you know, was Lei Kung sparing Danny from having to make that choice yeah. so that he could keep him, so he could keep the Iron Fist, create a different sort of Iron Fist? And I think also, look, it all goes into the larger question of, you know, some of the mythology questions about, you know, what is the role of the Iron Fist? You know, we learned in season one that the role of the Iron Fist is to defeat the hand, right? Yeah. Is that always what the Iron Fist was? Who made that decision? When did it happen? Yeah. You know, and then the defenders really, they really laid out a lot of history of the hand. And uh, that happened after season one of Iron Fist. Yeah. So no, no one has drawn the, has, has sort of made the connection between we, 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 we memorialized some of those things, but that were sort of laid out in defenders, but we didn't yeah. dig any deeper. One thing that we noticed that I noticed in defenders, which I thought was really cool is that Kunlun is a place that while it began, may have begun at one point started as a, you know, um, a monastery filled with, um, uh, with, uh, people who were indigenous to the area that thousands of years ago, seekers such, such as Alexandra and the other, you know, five fingers of the hand that we met in the defenders, at some point or another, got there, right? Yeah. So that means that for thousands of years, there's been a mixture of cultures in Kunlun. You know what I mean? Which I think is is really interesting. So there's lots of stuff in the mythology that was laid out in defenders that I think is really ripe for. Again, I don't have answers yet, and I'm not. I'm certainly not saying anything that's that's set in stone. I just, it, all the things I watched in, in, in season one of Iron Fist and the Defenders sort of just raised, just raised questions for me about, yeah. about that mythology and stuff that, you know, I would love a chance to, to dig into and, and, and learn a little bit more about and explore. Cause I think it's all, especially in terms of where season two leaves Colleen, um, in terms of her, her past and what that might mean for her. Um, And certainly for Danny, they're sort of linked destinies. I think, you know, uh, I, I I just, I have lots of questions that I would love to answer. Yeah. I would, I mean, just give us 10 seasons so we can just delve into all this hardcore. That'd be great. Make a document, make a documentary about Kunlun. Uh, That'd be (laughs) awesome. (laughs) So uh, I guess to get the elephant out of the room, is there any news on a season three? You probably can't tell us if there is. Well, uh, I mean, we, I have not, I, I, you know, I couldn't tell you if I did know, but uh, I'll be very honest and tell you that uh, I haven't heard anything yet about it. But I, I, I will say, say that I am really, 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 really grateful and happy and pleased with the 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 fact that people really seem to be watching the season um yeah. it's, at least from what i can tell i can't i don't have any metrics i don't have any access to to netflix's systems i i don't all i can see is from like everybody else you know from you know uh from people's responses on the internet from articles being written from fans that that check in on rotten tomatoes or on imdb and give their reviews and it's just to me it just it feels like people are watching it. And, and I think more than anything, that's why anybody in this business makes things is so that we can tell stories that are dear to us. And we hope that people will, will watch and, 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 and enjoy. So the yeah. fact that people are watching it, it really makes me happy. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, it broke the record for highest jump uh, season to season in Rotten Tomatoes. I think it went from like 19% to 50 something. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that that was crazy. Uh, well, well done there. I I, I actually really like the first season. Um, I don't I don't get well. I get why people hated it, but I'm still really happy to see how a lot more people are loving Iron Fist now. That's always a good thing. Um, yeah. You know, Iron Fist is one of your favorite characters. It gets annoying hearing people saying, "Oh, Iron Fist sucks" all the time. So thank you for restoring people's faith. <laughs> Oh, no, I appreciate that. You know, I think it's, it's interesting. Uh, it, it's something that, you know, Finn and I uh, have developed, a, you know, a, a real rapport and collaboration over this year together. And, and we've really, I really, I really, uh, I, mean, I, I really adore our entire cast. But, uh, you know, just in terms of what we're talking about, in terms of um, of the evolution of the character of Danny Rand, uh, you know, Finn is someone who's, he and I talked about it a lot and, and we, we both love the character in the comics and we, but we also understand where the character was started in season one of Iron Fist, which, you know, I, I wasn't there for it and Finn was part of it, but it was a choice that was made and he came and did it. And the character that was introduced on that, in that season, in that show, um, was, uh, wasn't the same as the guy in the comics, and he had a very long way to go before he could become the guy in the comics. Yeah, and so I I look at that to me, uh, the fan inside of me is like, hurry up, you know. <laughs> then the, the TV writer inside of me is like, oh, that's an opportunity because yeah. then I get to travel along with him, I, and I think of all the characters that. You know, great characters that I've fallen in love with over incredible, over seasons of television. Like, look at Game of Thrones, like, as a perfect example of, like, you begin, like, not really liking Jamie Lannister at all, you know? And then kind of halfway through, you're like, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but for me, I'm like, I think I'm, I'm starting to, to like Jamie Lannister, you uh, know? And then yeah, a little not, bit not... later, I'm like, a little later, I'm like, I don't really like him anymore, you know, but like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you, 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 but there's an evolution, right? That's possible yeah. in this long term. And so, I just, I don't know. More than anything, I'm grateful for people who, for for fans who are willing to go along for that ride. And I, and I really hope that people know that, like Finn and I both, we are aiming for the thing that that I think a lot of people want to see, which is the best martial artist kung fu hero in the Marvel universe, you know, yeah. wearing a costume yes. that he's of his, that that means something that we understand why he's wearing it and what the yeah. reason is, and, and 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 he's and that confidence and that that sense of humor and that bravado and all the things that we love from the comics. Yeah, we want to get there too. We just. I don't know. In a movie, it's one thing. You can open up and the character's already there. Awesome. You know, it's, yeah. you know, there's less the need to evolve, you know, in a, in a TV show or a TV series. To me, it's always more interesting to, or to evolve a character, but also I feel like there was no other choice. Like hmm. that choice was made and here we are and we're, and we're getting there. So I'm really grateful. First of all, for, yeah, as I said, I'm just grateful that people are, for people that, the people that are okay with being on the ride 
as we as we follow this evolution for Danny, for Colleen, and for you know for Joy and Ward as well, you know, and and, yeah. and, 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 and Sasha, like this is a long journey. We hope, you know, not not uh, it's not episodic; it's serialized. Yeah, no, definitely excited to see more. Yeah, everyone's asking for the costume, but I feel well, it's the ceremonial Iron Fist garb. I feel like we have to see Danny get there before he puts on that costume. He has to fully realize his destiny. So, but we are getting the costume at some point, right? <laughs> well, I, all I can say is that 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 um, a lot of people have asked about that. A lot of people have been on the internet about that, and yeah. a lot of people have sort of it's a question people ask me. It's like. All I can say is like uh, I want it as bad as everyone else. Yeah. You know, I and also look. I wanted the mask. I wanted the mask, and that's why there is one. You know, yeah. we I wanted one, but in order, but again, like we were sort of talking about it before, I don't want to do anything where all of a sudden the guy shows up in a mask for the reason that you've seen in a thousand other TV shows. Yeah. Like I want to hide my identity, so I'm wearing a mask. And where is the design from? I don't know. I came up with it. Like. That to me is so. That to me is it's not. It's not. It's just lazy. It's like yeah. you just put someone on the mask. Like I want the mask to mean something, and now I feel like it does. It means something to Davos. It means something to Danny. It means something to Kunlun. It's it's part of it's. It, and also, it has a reason for existing. As I said, like because of the eye black, because of the hiding of the identity, it because of the ceremonial nature. The mask is now something that means something. So yeah. to me, it's like, yeah, I want a costume, but I want it to mean something. And I, I don't want to give. If I have the opportunity to bring a costume, I will definitely, definitely fight to the tooth and nail to get one. I just don't want it to be there for the sake of being there. Yeah. I want people to go. You know, a great example. I mean, I hate to talk about a DC character, but a great example is in the first Dark Knight film. You know, the way the way the the mask, even if I love it, but the way the mask and the and the gloves were explained, we're like, okay, yeah, that, they, that they yeah, they didn't just throw the costume on sense. him. Yeah, you know, it made sense, and then and then same with the same. It, it, so you just want to, I don't know. I think in all these things, I love the way the costume evolved in Daredevil. Um, I really do. I yeah. also think that, uh, and it was really cool. Um, I think, uh, and I, so I think, yeah, like I. I I can't say for sure, you know, if we had a third season, uh, if I can't be definitive. All I can say is that uh, I, I will do everything in my power that I possibly can to to get to that place. But I also want to get there in a way that is really grounded and cool. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so it's earned. Yeah, definitely. That sounds great. I'm I'm excited. Hopefully, we get a season three. But uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone listening. Keep harassing, uh, well, don't harass Netflix, but let them know that you want a season three. So be very. I think also the other thing, the other thing I would say about 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 a season three is I think that kind of what I was saying before, you know, the way these things work, I think is that you know the power of 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 an audience in today's media landscape is best expressed by watching it, like. Yeah. The more the more you watch it, the more you tell people it's cool and that they should watch it. The more that you like, I I've been calling all my friends, being like, dude, ladies, watch Iron Fist and don't yeah. wait. Like, watch it now. Watch it again. Like, you know. And I think that's the, I think the more the more people keep 
you know, it seems like people are watching it, and the more they watch it, that I think that's the most powerful message. Yeah. It's because it's, it's such a crowded landscape, you know? Like, one of the mm. things that I was very proud of this week was, again, to see on, you know, Rotten Tomatoes that, you know, that we were trending at the top of, of popular television. Like, yeah. like that means, that just means that people are watching it. And that, and that, and that to me, again, for all the people that did all the hard work to make it, there's no greater reward than to know that people are, 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 are watching this thing and, and talking about it. And, 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 you know, and, and also look, I'm not saying you have to like it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm glad to hear people have different, I think everyone, look, that's, that's the other thing which I think is so funny. I was thinking about this morning. I was like, because so many people are so divisive about this season. Some people love it. Some people can't stand it, you know, uh, and, and they're very, people are very passionate about their beliefs. And what it really reminds me of is being at a comic book store, you know, when the comics come in on a Wednesday and everyone's kind of waiting around for the comics and hearing comic fans have those sort of classic debates, you know, about like yeah. who's strong, the Hulk versus the thing or, you know, who, you know, uh, what are the Submariner's wings on his ankle? Silly. Like, you know, like, uh, oh, they're cool. They're silly. You know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And people, people get so passionate. And so, I don't know. I, I think that the more passionate you are, whether you, again, if you don't like it, cool. But I would still, I would still, I think the best way to get more seasons of the show is to yeah. get the word out about, about watching it. I mean, people arguing creates attention as well. So <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, you, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, so uh, if you did get a season three, do you have any idea what you'd like to explore in that season? Well, I think, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, of course, I do. Um, I think. Look, one of the great things about working at Marvel is. It's, you know, there, it's a very collaborative and amazing, um, place. And, you know, uh, to get the opportunity to sit and talk to Jeff Loeb and to Joe Casada and even Dan Buckley about, you know, they have a very kind of like a holistic view of their whole universe, you know, that they're creating yeah. on Netflix. And, and being a part of that universe is really a powerful thing. So I, I, yeah, I totally have a lot of ideas and, uh, you know, as I, as I, came to to sit with um with all those folks uh and talk about my ideas for season two i really look forward to the opportunity to do the same thing and to then sort of all put our heads together and see where we can you know see what would be possible i think in the last uh you know five minutes of the season i kind of may have said a little bit i mean you might get a feeling about some of the stuff yeah i'd be interested a lot of us are hoping we uh, explore that last five minutes because that sounds uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's why. I mean, I think. Look, that was something that you know. Again, I've been I've been excited about that last five minutes for a very long time, and 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 so has so has uh, uh, Jeff Loeb. Uh, we we've been talking about it long before any of the actors knew that's where we were headed. You know, we don't. You know, we. The actors get each episode as they're written along with the crew. You know, the only people yeah. that know what the future holds as a season progresses is, um, are the writers, you know, and the, and the executives and, you know, at, at Marvel and Netflix. So, you know, that, 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 where the season was headed for everybody 
was something we knew about. And in that last five minutes specifically, we had to sort of like walk around and keep it, keep it real quiet for a long time. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, I think it says a lot about where the kind of stories we'd be interested in telling. Yeah, because I guess well, I guess we'll go full spoilers here because you watch the show and you're like, okay, so all the trailers and stuff kept out Colleen getting the Iron Fist. That was like the big reveal. And then you see the last five minutes and it's like, oh, wait, that was the big reveal that they sort of hid from us. Um, like, I think, I think even the naysayers of the season two, um, like their heads exploded when they saw Danny with those two guns and uh, also yeah. Randall mentioned so. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the plan. I mean, I think also, um, it's interesting. We were just talking about before about how, you know, episodic story versus serialized story, you know, um, you know, some shows have, are strictly episodic, you know, uh, elementary on CBS or, you know, like a lot of cop shows and medical shows and, and you, and that, and, and those shows, which I, I love, you know, you're, you're meeting sort of static characters, right? That change very little. Like, yeah. and they're usually, you know, they're, they're usually, you come to like their jam, whether they're the smartest detective or the, you know, or the greatest, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and then there's the, you know, the, the high, there's sort of the hybrid serialized episodic, like the X-Files was in its heyday where you've got your mythology and you've got your, your, your sort of episodic standalone stuff. But this is very, very serialized. Everything in the Marvel Universe and Netflix is, it's just, it's this ongoing massive story. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, you know, one of the really, really awesome things for, for me was the opportunity to really take the story in a direction that doesn't wrap it all up and go, okay, you saw the whole thing and now things are back to normal. Come back yeah. next season for a new villain, for a new villain. Like, you know, we've left it in a place where I think for everybody, you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We're, what does that like, mean? Whoa. Yeah, what does that mean? And, yeah, we, gotta, and so we I, need uh, answers. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, you know, I want answers too. Yeah. So I guess I guess it's, it leads me to one of the, one of the listeners was emailing me about, uh, as you're filming, was there any big changes to the script, like in terms of character arcs or anything uh, than what was initially planned or? Well, I think the cool thing about, about, again, the cool thing about, about television, you know, or, or you know, long form, I guess, cause you know, it's streaming is, um, is that it's just incredible collaboration, right? So yeah. everything is always changing all the time, you know, and it's changing all the time based on, a lot of things. It's changing all the time based on uh, getting a better idea sometimes that you have. You go, oh my God, you wake up in the middle of the night and you go, that's a better idea. And then yeah. you come in and go, I have a better idea. And then everyone gets behind it. Um, or um, uh, sometimes it can be literally the weather can, or losing a location or um, uh, uh, you know, and I, uh, 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 the cost of a set or you know, a uh, and, and, and a great idea can come from any department, you know, the costume department. Go, hey, how about this? And you go, oh, that's cool. And then, and then the cool thing about working again, working at Marvel and Netflix is, if you have a better idea on the day, then and and I, I'm the showrunner, I'm there, and I go, I want to do this thing. Um, 
then, you know, a quick email, a quick phone call, and right away everyone's like, okay, let's do it. Let's go for it. So I, we, we, we try, we don't, usually that's not like a, you know, a major character change probably isn't going to happen in the moment, you know, but yeah. certainly, uh, nuances and, uh, and, and, and little fun moments can happen on the, just sort of wire there. A great example actually uh, is, um, um, in episode six uh, with Alice Eve when she's being questioned by, um, by, uh, uh, Jordan? uh, by, by Simone Missick, uh, by oh, Missy Knight. Right, right. And, and she's telling, talking a little bit about being held prisoner, um, and, and the, the scar on her stomach. Um, she says, you know, they called it a demon knife, right? Um, I, ha- I was on set, you know, and I went over quickly to Google Translate and I called up, we had a, we have a guy who is on, who is on set all the time to help us with, dialect and make sure we say things correctly yeah. and i was like is this how you say demon knife and you know in in, in this in check and he goes yeah that, that's right and then i went over to alice and played it for her i was like do you think you could say demon ovi news and she was like i like that and then she said it and it was so chilling and awesome you know and so that's the kind of thing where you're kind of standing there and you have an idea and you run over and go how about this and the actress is like you have an amazing actress like Alice Eve there is able to do that kind of thing. So I, there's lots and lots of things that happen yeah. like that that are or, organic and collaborative. But for the most part, you know, you try to try the, to keep the, the big, big, big yes, art yeah. stuff. We just, you, you know, you just, you try, you know, and then, and, 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 but again, you know, if, you know, you're writing them and you're shooting them and, and then there's a very big difference in something on the page and something, when you're there, you know, yeah. when you're there and you're doing it, you're seeing it, then all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is work. This really works. Like, I want to be back here. You know what I mean? I want to see yeah. more, you know? So, um, yeah, you, you know, I, I think there's real, and, and again, working with a, with a, with companies like, like Marvel and Netflix, you know, they really give the creators and their, and, and the creative, uh, the freedom to uh, to try things uh, and to uh, and to deepen things, you know, and that, that's okay. really one of the great things about 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 working on the Marvel universe on Netflix. Yeah, cool, making me jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, how did you? You know, what was your first exposure to Iron Fist? How did you become interested in him? Was it getting this job, or what, did you read comics prior to? Um, show running season yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been reading comics since I was a little kid, um, and uh, I, I think I, I got my first comic when I was, uh, I think I was like ten years old. I had a, I had a fever, and my mom went down to the corner store and bought me a bunch of comics, and then I got hooked. Um, and um, I, I've always it's been something I've always been doing. I've been collecting comics and reading comics since I was a little guy. Uh, my parents didn't, uh, they didn't like me reading horror comics or or martial arts comics because the, they felt they were a little violent. Especially the for, best ones. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was, you know, I was like yeah, whatever, yeah. 13. So uh, I had a really good friend whose parents didn't mind that he read that stuff. Uh-huh. So I would I would go over to his house with a stack of my comics and he'd bring a stack of his out and we would literally sit side by side and I would read um, 
I would read Iron Fist. I would read um, uh, uh, World by Night. I would read Dr. Druid. I would read um, Man Thing. Um, uh, anything that was that was sort of horrific, amorbious, <laughs> anything that had so, and and that's where I really connected to to Iron Fist. Um, I really loved him because I grew up on the Upper West Side of New York City uh, on 105th and Broadway, which is sort of on the south side, south end of, of Harlem. And uh, Danny Rand and Luke Cage, um, you know, lived and had their office above a movie theater in Harlem. Yeah. So to me, it was that world in the comics was the world outside my door. So I, so I, so so I, I identified with the character in a very big way in that way. Um, also, um, I used to go to a little, you know, uh, there's a little Buddhist temple on 103rd and Riverside, and my dad and I would take um, jujitsu and aikido classes there when I was a little kid. Oh, cool! And so the whole idea again of of, I mean, I was never very, I wasn't great at jujitsu, but. You know, there was a sensei there who was a phenomenal Akito sensei and this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Buddhist temple and, and incredible, there was incredible people doing martial arts there. So to me, that mixture of, of Upper West Side and martial yeah. arts meant when I was reading Iron Fist that it just, I don't know, as fantastical as Kun Lun was and the world of Kun Lun and all of that, the the character just felt like I don't know, like someone who lived in my neighborhood. So yeah, that's um, really awesome. Yeah. So then, so then uh, I was working on a show called Sleepy Hollow, and uh, when season one of Iron Fist was being um, talked about, and I, I talked to, to Marvel about it, but I could, I was contracted to continue the work that I was on, so I couldn't really, you know, pitch on it because of my prior obligations. So I was very jealous that yeah. someone else was doing it. And then uh, when the time came around for season two, it was just very good timing. I had um, I was not on a show. I, I I was thinking about going on another show, but I hadn't yet jumped on it. And I was able to sit down and talk about. And I heard, you know, talk to Jeff and and heard what he was what he was thinking and told him out what I would like to do. And then it just sort of just sort of went from there. So it was a uh, I was very but it was funny when you know. As I said, like, uh, I think that there's been a couple times where Mr. Loeb has turned to me and been like, oh no, you're, 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 you're a real fan, aren't you? You, and he's, I mean, that's coming from, he's a real fan himself, but he's like, whoa, what did I do? I unleashed a, I unleashed a fan on this, (laughs) on this, didn't I? And and then we geek out about it, but so yeah, it's a character I love, so uh, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure to, to to have the opportunity to work on this season. Do you have a Do you have a favorite Iron Fist story or issue? Well, uh, Iron Fist story or issue? When I was a little kid, you know, I think it's issue. I'm trying to think, of issue sixteen or fourteen, where they introduced Sabretooth. I I I, I loved that comic. I thought it was just fantastic. Um, I really, uh, you know, like, like a lot of people, I think, you know, the fraction Brubaker run yeah. was really the thing that kind of, uh, when that came out, I kind of, I, I was very excited by it. I, I've really enjoyed Ed Brisson's, Brisson, Brisson's run. Brisson's run. I, 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 a lot of, I mean, and then, 
again, I connect to the early Claremont and Byrne stuff because I read it as a kid. Like, you know, I sat there with the comics in my hands and just read, read them over and over and over again. So I think it's a combination of those sort of early Marvel premiere issues and the, um, and the fraction Brubaker run. Those would be my favorites. Yeah. I, I love the early, uh, Marvel premiere and Clam and Burn stuff as well. I think it's fantastic. Um, so you read the Ed Brisson run recently. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was awesome as well. Uh, that yeah. he is finally really, really well a confident iron fist that protects Kun Lun. It's only taken like 40 years. So. Maybe it means 40 <laughs> seasons later we'll get Danny doing his job. Um, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, uh, that's a, you know, it's funny. That's a great, it's funny. That's a great, it's, it's actually great that you just uh, said that because yeah. again, that's, it's like people forget, like, you know, the, how yeah. long it took to get the character there. And, yeah. and, and I'm sure and one of the fun things about Danny in the comics is that, you know, he is so sort of feet of clay. Like, you know, as, as heroic and amazing as he can be, He's also self-depreciating, you know, had, has been, has certainly had his ups and downs and doesn't hide them, you know, and I, yeah. I kind of love that about him. He's a little bit shaggy dog, which I think is fantastic. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, just a quick, I, I promised Rebecca I'd put this in, uh, like third question. So she, uh, Rebecca's my co-host. She asks, if Netflix had extras like deleted scenes, would there be any fun ones from season two? Um, there are, you know, always bits that, that, uh, that, you know, for various reasons come out of episodes. Um, one of the things, uh, that again, working, uh, with, with Marvel and Netflix, that's really kind of awesome is we have the scripts really early. Like we're, you know, it's not like a lot of network shows, like you're, you're furiously writing the script and, and you're going to shoot out, you're going to start prepping on the Monday. And, you know, we, we, we have the scripts early. So what that means is that there's lots of times, time to kick the tires. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then we also try to get as much value as we can out of everyday shooting. So what's more likely, what's more sort of that happened this season would be that there are scenes that were written that we would end up not shooting. You know what I mean? Or yeah. because for various reasons, like we'd go, oh, you know, it turns out if we do this scene, the episode's going to be too long. Or no, we'd rather spend the money and time on this other scene. You know, we'd rather get this great location. So there's horse trading we, that we did on the script level. So there's plenty of script scripted scenes that I think were a lot of fun that, you know, but I, again, I'm not, I mean, maybe we'll get a chance, you know, especially for some of the action sequences that we, we came up with so many great action sequences and we, yeah. we honed down to, to the, to, I think a bunch of really great ones, but there were many more that we wanted to do. And, you know, so hopefully I guess the best answer for her is that there are definitely scenes on paper that, uh, didn't, were never shot, um, for various reasons, uh, not because the scenes weren't necessarily good. Um, and I do hope that, some of that stuff finds its way someday, you know, in, in a slightly altered form uh, to a camera so that our actors can play those moments. But, yeah. uh, uh, but, but I, it, all the really good stuff is in there. Cool. Well, I'm glad to make the best. I'm glad to hear the best stuff made the uh, cut. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, this next question, well, I guess a uh, bit of a heavy one. I, I guess uh, with a lot of – so I've gotten a lot of emails and concerns about – Danny being sidelined in season two. They're worried that he's not the main character of his own show anymore. And I have to admit, I do share these concerns. Uh, is, I mean, I guess, I guess bluntly, is that the case? Is, you know, is Danny still the main character of Iron Fist? Are we gonna, is he gonna be in the spotlight again? Cause, yeah. Well, I, 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 I would say that I kind of disagree with the, with the um, with the idea that Danny's been, been sidelined, uh, and I especially think that that is a it's a very loaded word in today's world, you know. Um, and I think that for me, I'm always interested in arcing story and and growing characters and evolving them. And I think that to me, um, everyone has been talking as much as people have been saying whatever they've been saying. People have been saying for a very long time that they want Danny to grow up and they want Danny to stop making mistakes and they want Danny to uh, be a smart hero and the best Kung Fu fighter in the world and to come to a sense of peace and, and, and to be uh, uh, confident and all those things. Right. And you, I think it'd be really phony if all of a sudden in episode one, he was just there, right? Oh, wow. Guess what? He's here. He's really confident all of a sudden, but we don't know how he got that way. Like, to me, that's just that's cheating, you know. And uh, so, so as I said earlier, you have to get him there, right? In order to get him there, he has to make real choices, hard choices, and strong choices. And so, to me, this season, Danny made. He starts out, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's still making mistakes." Yes. In order to tell this story, you have to see him making mistakes because he otherwise uh, there's no story. He has yeah. so he starts out. He starts out with a very strong purpose, right? Which is to carry on from uh, carry on Matt Murdock's mission while while Daredevil is gone, or uh, since Daredevil is gone, and he's determined to do that, you know. And he's really pushing himself to do it, and he's out there being the hero that everyone has wanted to see him be. But he's but he's pushing himself too hard, and he's lost his balance, and he hasn't dealt with all the emotional baggage that from season one and from the defenders and he's pushed all that down. Right. And he is still making some of the choices that he made in the past that are not always the smartest choices or not, not sorry. That's not the right way to put it. He's making impulsive choices that are said and not smart. They're not that they're smart or not smart. They're, they're more impulsive and they're driven by emotion. And we learn this season. He learns, right. That what the fist has always meant to him and that the clarity of using the fist and that power is in a way is has drawn him and drawn him in. So for him to go through the journey of the season, have the fist taken away and in the ultimate moment where he knows he now has the tools he needs to get it back for him to say, I don't want to hold it now. I want to learn more about myself and find out who I need to be. And I want to be worthy of that power in a new way is the most mature decision he's ever made, I yeah. think. And it's also uh, incredibly heroic. It's, it's the kind of hero I think Danny Rand needs to be. Is somebody who looks before he leaps, who thinks before he acts, who uses his mind as well as his body strategically as well as emotionally. 
And the choices he makes in those last three episodes, all the way through, I think everyone, for me, we're finally seeing the hero he can become and is becoming, which is so much more the hero everyone's been telling me they want to see. And that last smile at the end where he's standing there with Ward, like, where, you, I, just, I, I, I don't know, I feel like Danny is, this whole season is so much about his journey, his life. Yeah. And, 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 and look, at the same time, yes, it's true. Uh, Colleen is not a sidekick, nor should she be. Colleen is, um, and, and not only Colleen, Davos has the fist from episode four until episode nine. So he's carrying the power of the fist for half the season, right? I don't, yeah. so he, just as much, he is, he's taken the focus away from Danny even more than Colleen has, right? It would seem, but no, no, he isn't. He's presenting Danny with what it would have been like if Danny had lost the battle in Kunlun. Davos is showing him who the Iron Fist would be if it's not Danny, right? Yeah. And, and Danny's also understanding and recognizing. So that, that he wants this thing and needs this thing, but he has to be strong and powerful to get it for himself, right? And in the meantime, Colleen has her own story that we've tracked all the way through, that we follow and understand, where she makes a choice. And the choice she makes has nothing to do with the mystery of Wu she or she doesn't know anything about that. She just knows that she killed Bakudo and, and, and she was working for the hand and she was training these students in, in a way that was, that, that it turns out was a, as a feeder to the hand. And she's got, it's so complicated for her. And she wants to be a hero and she wants to do good and she's trying to do it in a way without her sword. And she gets sucked in because of the triad conflict and sucked in because of these kids she meets. And at a certain point in the season, even though Danny has told her he thinks she should have the power, she's like, no way. And Misty says she should have the power, she's like, no way. And then there's a moment for her where she says, my next step as a human being, as a character, is to be a certain kind of hero. I want to do this thing. I want that power for myself, right? Yeah. So to do this thing for me. So I don't know. I, I mean, to me, it's like, and also, it, it, it leaves us in a place that, for me, demands more story. Like, yeah. you know, like if the season had ended where, let me pose you a different, a different version here. Okay. So Danny goes to Colleen and says, hey, Colleen, um, I think you should take the fist. She considers it. Then she goes, okay, you know what, Danny? Um, no, it should be you. And he goes, you're right. It should be me. <laughs> and then he takes the fist back, and he beats up Davos, just like he did in episode two. And he finally feels confident. He goes, hey, I won. And then the season ends. And Danny's standing there. And Colleen's going, Danny, you did a great job. You finally got the power that Iron Fist under control. I'd be like, okay, how did he get under control? He yeah. didn't. What lesson did he learn? None. What path has he followed? None. What has Colleen done there besides who he, uh, What's her story? What did she do? Nothing. Yeah. What did, like, you're back at square one. You're right back where the season started. And, and what is, and where is the journey taking you? He beats somebody up. And yeah. I don't want to see the hero who beats people up. I want to see the hero who, who uses his mind and his emotions as much as he uses his fists. And so look, maybe that's me. And I, and, and also look, I've, I, I had a lot of conversations with, 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 with Mr. Loeb and with, with the peeps at Netflix. And again, they, they've, they're down to explore that idea. Yeah. But, the one thing we all agree on is Danny Rand and the Iron Fist needs to be a different kind of hero than Daredevil or Luke Cage or Jessica Jones. 
Yeah. He is not a tortured anti-hero. He is not an indestructible black man in Harlem. And he is not a female detective who has very complicated feelings about her abilities and her powers, who's working that out in lots of complicated ways. His story is very different. And for me, and again, I totally am cool with everyone disagreeing with me, and I'm totally cool, Connor, if you disagree with me. I want to create the most powerful kung fu hero in the Marvel Universe or any other, but one who only uses his weapon as a last resort. Yeah. I want to create a character who is a warrior for peace. I want to create a character who embodies the philosophy behind Kung Fu that is that you should not use it if ever possible. And in order to get him there, I need to, I need to follow that trail. So my, it's a really long answer and I'm sorry. I hope it wasn't wasn't boring you. I just, just to understand, like, I don't think he's sidelined. I think he made phenomenal choices and is, we've now left him in a place where he is more heroic and has more potential as a character than ever before. But that's just my one man's opinion. Yeah. I mean, I've gone on the record on this podcast multiple times before I was, and I brought this up in my Iron Fist 2 pre-show thing is I really don't like when Danny uses the fist a lot. I like showing the martial arts master, you know, so I'd, I'd yeah. be happy if Danny was without the fist for two seasons. Like I would be totally okay with that as long as he was kicking butt. Um, but I guess, I guess my my problem was as I was watching the show, I just felt like I just felt like Danny was being putting down a lot and Colleen was being propped up a lot at Danny's expense. If that makes any sense. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think I mean I, I think that well, one of my biggest my biggest complaints about or complaints my biggest issues with. Uh, season one of Iron Fist with the Defenders and even sometimes in Luke Cage is it seems like everyone's always making fun of Danny for and they're always doubting the truth of his his journey and they're and they're you know uh, and, and I understand why why it happens but everyone it's done to normalize the idea of dragons and yeah. all that stuff, right? Because if someone said that in your life, we would all, it, it's, it's normal. I understand it's why it's done, it, but it, oh, that's crazy. Ha huh? you know, but, but to me, it adds up to, uh, to, yeah, to a lot of people kind of, um, not taking him seriously. Right. And I, I would say, I don't think there's anywhere in this season where, where people are making fun of Danny at all. And in fact, there's moments where, you know, People call it out, like even Misty says, like, you know, she says, whoa, you know, dragons and bulls and crane sisters and yeah. wow, it's a trip to know that that my skills like mean something in a world that contains these things. Like people are starting to understand the 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 level and value of what Danny has and does. I, I so I, I don't I don't think Colleen's journey is at the expense of Danny Really, I think that Colleen is someone who has, again, they're in a relationship, yes, but she has her own story, you know, and, and, and Danny has his story. And what I love this season that we were able to do it was very important to me is that those two stories, they collide and they cross, but it's not like Colleen doesn't go, 
She didn't say to Danny, you're a terrible iron fist. I should be iron fist. She says, it's your birthright. I'll help you. What do you need to do this? Right? That's what she says to him in yeah. episode nine. She goes, absolutely not. You know, she goes, don't know. And then Danny says to her, he pleads with her. And he goes, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then she's, she basically said to him at the top of the episode, well, you have to. Right? So how is that her saying you're a terrible iron fist? She's telling him to take the power back. She says, you've learned the lesson. You've trained. She says, you, you, thought, you thought before you acted, and you did it so quickly, and you've gotten your body back in shape in a record amount of time. She's so congratulatory, and all she wants is for him to be open and honest, and she congratulates him when he is. So, I mean, I don't know. You tell me, where, where, is, where, is, where is it at the expense of Danny? I guess I'm more just meant in terms of... Uh pure screen time and stuff like that and fights and story beats. Like, to me, as I was watching the season, it just felt like Danny was just getting beat up a lot for the last few episodes and Colleen was just getting more screen time and kicking a lot more butt. And I don't know, I guess I guess a lot of other Danny Rand fans felt that way as well. I guess we just felt we were getting a bit shafted because we know that uh, season one, like, Colleen was universally loved. Uh, yeah. Danny wasn't exactly, so... Yeah. I don't know if like it, it kind I, of felt I, like I, a response I, to that. I, 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 I hear that, but you know, but it, but but just you know, it wasn't. Uh, I I didn't build the season as a response to any of those things. I, I I wasn't I wasn't a part of season one, and I wasn't I didn't sit down with the responses to season one and craft a season two in response to anything. That was yeah. that was one hundred percent not my jam. Uh, I was working on a different show. I didn't read any of the reviews. I I watched the season like all the other fans. And I thought, whoa, you know, and here's the other thing that just, again, that maybe will hopefully this will help you with it and maybe other people as well. But, you know, crafting awesome fight sequences is incredibly difficult for lots of reasons. One of the main reasons it's difficult is the amount of time it takes and the amount of rehearsal it takes and the amount of strain it puts on human bodies, you know? Yeah. And one thing that Clayton Barber wanted to do this season was he wanted our actors as much as possible, meaning Finn and Jessica and Sasha to do as much of their own stunts as possible. And I've read some reviews saying like, Oh, well you put them in a mask and you could use the stunt doubles. That is 100% not true. I put Danny in a mask because I wanted to see him in a mask yeah. <laughs> because it made sense <laughs> to me. And if he's running around fighting crime at night, like Daredevil, he would wear a mask. Yeah. There were times on the set where, uh, David Armstrong stretch, who is, um, uh, Danny's, uh, Finn's stunt double, who's an amazing, amazing martial artist and a phenomenal part of the show, was standing around with nothing to do because Finn Jones was doing all of his own stunts. And, and, and the same for our other stunt doubles and for our other actors. And what that does is it puts an incredible amount of strain on, on a performer because and at the same time, you know, you've got to learn all your lines. You've got to be in all these scenes. You've yeah. got to rehearse. You've got to, you've got to, right? So the, just to be really 100% honest, the only way to make a really phenomenal martial arts TV show, I think, is you have to have balanced the number of fights between different people so that people have time to rest and recover yeah. and so that people have time to learn new and complicated fights, right? So we had to do that this season, and I don't want to like I could go into the details of, of of the scheduling and the and the layout, but you know, 
I would say, although there was a, that the season, there might have been more Danny Rand fighting in season one, but I don't think the fighting style was was as visceral or powerful as we were able to evolve it to, and it wasn't as much Finn Jones doing the stunts, and it is now. Like yeah. that dude is a machine. He's incredible. <laughs> he he put himself through, and and by the way, he I mean everyone did it, and and they were amazing, but. The real weight was carried by Finn, Sasha, and Jessica Henwick, who were, and, and Alice Eve as well. I mean, she had to do all of that, yeah. her own fight sequences, and learn all that. But, the, like, so I understand from the outside, it looks at, like, you look at, like, oh, well, you know, there was much more Danny, and now there's much more Colleen. Like, Colleen didn't come into season one until what episode? Like, Colleen wasn't going to fight in season one until what episode? To the later episodes, right? Because you meet the character, and then... She doesn't fight till later on. So in the structure of season one, Colleen didn't fight till later, and you had more Danny fighting in the beginning. Yeah. But uh, and and that put incredible strain on Finn Jones. Like mm. it, it it literally like on his body, right? Like because you know he didn't have the time he needed, or anyone needed, or anyone would be able to do to recover, and it meant having to use many more stunt doubles and all that. So yeah, a lot of what a lot of what you're seeing is, I think, a more holistic version of how you make a an action show and and which is that you gotta on a tv schedule which means you gotta parse it out a little different so but just to answer your original question it, it to me in terms of how i feel about danny rand and about the character he fought a dragon no one else has um that i know of in this mythology um he has a brand burned to his chest um and he is a, a hero, um, and it has been his life's journey to be the immortal Iron Fist. Um, I'm not interested in walking away from that. You know, I think that yeah. that is important. Um, I also am incredibly proud of the fact that we've introduced the first female Asian superhero uh, in the Netflix Marvel Universe, uh, Marvel Universe on Netflix, and that, um, and that it's Colleen Wing. Um, I think that, she, that Jessica is a phenomenal actress and, a, and, a, and a, a really powerful performer. And I'm really, really, I think it's really cool. And I'm also interested to see what her version or story as associated with that power might be. So yeah. I think, for me, I feel like we're in a really interesting position to tell really interesting stories um, about these characters that we have hopefully grown to know and love. So, um, I, I mean, I, I think everything you're saying is valid. I just, you know, it, it, again, just, just, you know, it, it was not, a, it wasn't a reaction. It was okay. a, I feel like a necessity. And also I am 100% committed to, uh, to Danny Rand. Um, and, to, and I love working with Tim Jones and think that he's a powerhouse um, and uh, I think there's phenomenal story for him ahead. Should I get the chance? Okay, excellent. Uh, thanks very much for answering that. Like, just completely honestly, it's great. It's refreshing. Uh, <laughs> it's it's nice to have these discussions. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's good for me too. Look, you know, I think also it's like um, I've been outside of lots of different. It happens to me all the time. You know, I watch shows and and I. You know, I have my reaction to them, and I'm always like, whoa, or I love this, or I don't like that. And then for me, it's always when I get a chance to 
sit and talk to somebody who was involved in the making of a show or and you get to ask why were choices made or was this because of this or that or you know it's always really illuminating you know yeah. but you know, I think that like you know uh, and I think I totally get as a fan of material you know, there's plenty of plenty of things that you know happen in you know in in in, in movies or shows where I go oh like that bums me out you know but 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 i you know so i i i don't take i don't take any of it personally i i in fact i as i said it's like being in the back of a comic store you know everyone has a very strong opinion because we're all passionate about these characters and we all connect to them in different ways so i welcome uh people's strong opinions and people's point of view about things and you know, that just shows me also how much people care about the, the show and the characters. So it's all a good thing. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Yeah, very, very glad. Hopefully, um, yeah, that's the only that's the only difficult question on here anyway. Everything else is uh, is easy breeze. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so ooh, let's let's go let's go to a Colleen question then, since we just talked about her a lot. So, I I'm curious personally because as you mentioned, Danny's the only one who's actually fought a dragon and defeated one in the show. Will will we possibly see Colleen's character deal with the sort of temptations and addictions that Danny had with the Iron Fist, or, or you know, does her not having a connection to Shaolau the Undying sort of make things different for her? If you get what I mean. Yeah, uh, that's a really interesting question. Um, and that's something that, you know, uh, I think will be, you know, again, should we get the chance to talk about it in the writer's room? It's something we can talk about. I, I don't love, this. you know about me as a, like a writer, I don't really love repeating, repeating story. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, at the same time. So I, I think Colleen, we set up the season in season two very clearly she says to she says what her issue is to Misty in that last scene between the two of them in episode ten. I mean, she says, you know, how do you make peace with a weapon, right? Like, like, what does that mean, you know? Yeah. And I think that um, that's a very different question than um, than uh, am I worthy to carry the mantle of the Iron Fist, protector of Kunlun, and enemy of the hand, you know? So I think that there's you know. And the mythology part of it about whether or not you fought the dragon or not, again, like, um, I think that's to be explored, but I, but I'm, I'm less interested in the, in the, I don't know. I'm unless I, I just don't, I think there's a really interesting story to tell about, of course, about how the iron fist wielding the iron fist impacts Colleen's life, her choices in her day to day. I would I would probably shy away from repeating a story though. I don't think okay. I want to see the same story twice. Yeah. So I guess on a similar tangent then, uh, will the show explore Danny's tie to Shaolau the Undying more? Like he he does he may not have the fist, but I feel defeating the dragon in combat and putting its essence into yourself is not something you can really forget. Uh, if that makes any sense. Uh, it's amazing is that it's just, it's such a cool, it's just you talking about you now. It's so funny. It's like, how funny it's just real is that <laughs> so much of this, of this show, you know, is tied up in, in, in a mythology that 
we haven't seen, you know, or we've seen very little of. Yeah. And and I think that it's interesting because everyone everyone wants to see it, you know. And I I, I again I, I go back to Game of Thrones, like you know it it took a long long time, and I was reading those books, you know, uh, everyone in those books they do the same thing. They go like, oh, what's over the wall to the north? You know, the wildlings, nothing else, you know. Yeah. And then like, oh yeah, what about what about dragons and, and direwolves? Like, oh, yeah, come on, you know. <laughs> and then and then you know and then you know you get to see little tiny baby things, and you know, one day they're growing to dragons, and then you know and then you know five years later you're watching you know a princess astride a dragon with fire coming out of its mouth, and you're like, finally yes, you know. <laughs> and I feel like. I'm in that same situation here, which is like, I love dragons. You know, yeah. I love Shala. I think it's such an important part of the mythology. And I really tried this season to integrate the, as much as I could. And I think that we were able to do that really nicely with Ward and his addiction story. Yeah. In that conversation, episode five between Danny yeah. and Ward about, what the dragon means metaphorically to him. And yeah. we were able to do that. Um, yeah. So I want to explore the mythology more. Um, I, again, just like a costume, man, would I love to see a dragon? Yeah. I think it's, I think again, it, it, it would, it, it's something that has to be done right. So if we, if there's a way to do it right, uh, meaning, you know, there's time and money and, and story that supports it. Yeah. then yeah, we'll, we'll definitely explore that connection. Yeah, because I, I think Shalau is an interesting character in itself as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah no, uh, definitely look forward to seeing what that holds. Don't worry, I don't, spe- I don't expect to see an actual dragon, so. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, to see one, I want to see a dragon. Bad. I mean, oh, I really want to see it. I'm just not getting my hopes up, you know. No, also, I mean, <laughs> look, just like, like, don't you want to see it? awesome like you don't want to see a bad one do you like if i was like oh well you can definitely see a terrible dragon would you want to see that no like do you want to see a good one what if you had like so hear me out here this is my pitch to the showrunner guys big news here so what if danny fighting the dragon right so you just you're in the cave but you only saw their shadows fighting and you like saw breaths of fire and stuff and then at the end you see well you know what you know it's so funny uh, so, um, uh, I've worked on, on a bunch of shows, you know, that have monsters in them. I worked yeah. on, on Sleepy Hollow. And what you're pitching is what, um, what every writer pitches a showrunner when they've got a really expensive monster, um, <laughs> that they're pitching. And they go, oh, it'll all be shadows. And then they come to the director and they go, so the plan here is we just want to see shadows. And then the director goes, laughs. Because, <sighs> It's a, it's, what you're talking about is it's a great writerly idea, and it's a, and yes, it would, sure, it would save money, but like, you, you, you want, if, 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 if you got to a cavern and you just saw like a blast of fire and a couple of shadows fighting, if I, if that's what I, if you did that and like I, that was an episode, I feel, Connor, that you would call me up and you'd be like, how could you not show I, I, uh, for the record, guys, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, ever since season one, I've been pitching that shadow thing because I never expected to see the dragon in Netflix because I, I see the budgets and most of the budget goes into being on New York, right? Like, so, but I, I, I get your point. A lot of people would be very angry if that's all we got. 
I mean, if it makes it feel better, you can just well, redirect the hate mail to this podcast. Have a couple of episodes out of it. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, I, I, I don't think it's... it's interesting. I, I, you know, I, I don't look at it as hate mail. I look at it as like... Um, Constructive um, criticism. Uh, well, that, but also it's like, it's just, it's, just, it's just passion, you know? Yeah. And it's like, look, you know, um, and, you know, it's like, you never know. And like, I don't know, like passion um, sometimes... You know, uh, 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 sometimes strange things happen. You know, like yeah. we're not living in a world where you know, uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino is pitching a Star Trek movie, and there's going to be a movie called The Joker. And you know, and I don't know, you saw that if you saw the news today about you know the the Disney streaming uh, possibility of like a you know yeah no, I know I saw that it's already big Loki and here we are, here we are living in a world where all these things are possible and so much is changing and, and, and so, and also look, technology is changing. You know, like from year to year, you know, um, on these shows, different things become possible yeah. based on massive leaps in technology and, you know, and work, having worked on a, on a, on a couple of shows now over the past six years that have been VFX heavy, um, from, um, uh, Falling Skies to um, uh, Sleepy Hollow and Heroes Are Born, and then now over to to this to this universe. You know, the the there there's all new ways are being invented to do lots of different things. So yeah. Um. Uh, so it, I think if the sh- the longer the show is on the air, the more chance there is to to explore interesting stuff. I think again, it's like. It ha- the best version of this is again is rather than than how to solve the production issue, the real issue to solve is the story issue, which mm. is like why is it necessary to, to see it. that yep. to show it? Like besides the fact that we just want to see it because it's awesome. Yeah, and I think that you know there's, that's the and and I'm not saying there's not an answer, and, and believe me. If there is an answer, uh, me and my writers will find it, um, and hopefully we'll be able to to pitch it and 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 get it out there. But I think that's the question, right? Is does the story demand it? Just put, just write them into a corner where they have no choice but to approve a huge CGI budget, because then they'd be like, well, <laughs> the, the entire season depends on this one scene, so we have to give them the budget for it. My, what my friend Tim Stefano says is who's the, who produced uh, season two of Iron Fist, and a lot of the amazing stuff he saw on screen was possible because he was able to find a way to make it to literally make it happen. Wow! But he always says, what he always says is you have to be careful because if you make the wrong choice like that, then the rest of your season is um, your characters sitting around a couch, eating cake, <laughs> drinking tea, talking about crumpets. And, and that's the, that's the truth is that, you know, you know, we're lucky to get the, to have, you know, the, the resources that we're given yeah. to make these shows, but they're, they're finite and you have to use them well. So it's like the trade off is, the trade off yeah. is you get a dragon fight, but then, then, and then like, then, then everyone's eating team crumpets, you know? I'm a huge fan of Frasier, so that doesn't sound too bad to me, actually. Um, what? I'm a huge fan of Frasier, so that doesn't sound too bad to me. <laughs> just everyone eating crumpets and witting yeah. remarks at each other. But, yeah, you know, I'm it, sure it sounds great. a lot of people would be <laughs> upset. Uh, <laughs> pitch, pitch that show. I love that. It's the, it's the, uh, the, the, 
uh, Ward and Joy move into a, a <laughs> one bedroom apartment together, and um, it's like the odd couple, but uh, but, but on Iron Fist. Oh man, yeah. I'd totally watch a Ward and Joy sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see. So uh, Danny obviously tied a fair bit into. Well, it didn't really tie into Daredevil, but the Daredevil's presence was kind of in the early episodes of this season with him sort of charging Danny to take up protecting New York. And Typhoid Mary is obviously a really famous Daredevil villain, uh, one of my favorite Daredevil yeah. villains. Uh, this is... Can we ex- can we expect to see him or Typhoid in Daredevil Season 3? Probably can't. Uh, see who? Who? Uh, Danny or I, I, Typhoid. I, I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> so funny. I, I've become... Uh, 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 one of the great things about working at Marvel is that you get to collaborate with and, and talk to other showrunners in a way that you don't get to do on many other situations, you know, where, yeah. you know, sometimes there'll be a crossover between two shows and you'll talk or you'll meet or you'll meet socially, but to be able to hang out with and collaborate with and share characters with and share story with these incredible writers, you know, um, and, and, and producers and creators, it's just, to me, it's been one of the greatest pleasures of, of I've ever experienced. And uh, so, um, but, um, you know, and when we're, like, for example, when we were going to put uh, Missy Knight in season two, um, I watched the, the Luke Cage season two season before it was released so I could know where Missy was at. And uh, that was fun. Um, but, uh, and Eric Olson, who runs um, Daredevil, you know, he offered to sit and talk to me and tell me every detail of Daredevil uh season three and i absolutely refused uh we hang out all the time and uh uh both you know at, at work and socially and anytime he says to me like oh i'll just i'm like Shh, don't tell me because i i want to be there to yeah. binge it the day it comes out so uh, the, yeah that's the long answer the short answer is i have no idea because i i haven't read it i haven't watched it i don't know anything about it i've seen as much as you've seen i mean i just yeah, I drool at the prospect of Danny popping up in Daredevil season three. So I would not have had your willpower to resist uh, him telling you everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, I really uh, so Typhoid Mary was a very interesting choice because I've seen you're a very big fan of her in Daredevil. Um, why did you bring her to Iron Fists? I'm curious. Uh, it was it really was um, you know the very one of the very first things that I pitched to uh, Jeff Loeb was the the theme of the season, which was duality and balance and 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 about all of our characters searching for balance and, and, and expressing their duality. And uh, he kind of came back at me and said, hey, you know, while you're saying that, this is um, something I've been kicking around, which is the idea of and I think it would work really nicely what you're talking about. And then he asked me, are you, you know, are you a fan of Typhoid Mary? And I just, you know, lost my mind <laughs> and said, yes. And so the idea really came from, from, from Marvel, you know, okay. and, 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 but it was an idea that I think flowed out of, you know, uh, uh, I think Jeff saw an opportunity because of theme, but also, I think he's sort of been, it's interesting. It's a cool choice to take a, 
a character that people think of as a Daredevil character and put and tell her story or introduce her in in um Iron Fist. In, uh, Iron Fist. So yeah. yeah, it was cool. It, and uh, I was, you know, when he when he first told me, I I was like, "Is this real? Are you messing with me?" And he was like, "No, it's real." And then, you know, uh, ever since then, I've been uh, very very excited about it. And I I, I think Alice Eve just she just nailed it. She's oh just yeah, so she's talented. great. Um, yeah, no, she she was fantastic as typhoid. Uh, I guess on that sort of tangent, a lot of people have asked me to ask you, <laughs> is there mm-hmm. any chance of Moon Knight or Shang Chi? showing up at all in the future? Have they crossed your minds at all? Well, it's funny. The whole, whole Moon Knight thing is, you know, came up, I think, because uh, of Twitter. You know, we talked about Moon Knight in the writer's room because um, because he also has DID yeah. like Typhoid Mary did. So so we brought up DID, but there was never, was, we never talked about, I love Moon Knight, but we never talked about, about Moon Knight being in the season Okay. Uh, we just talked about the character, and, I, and I, I'm a big, I, I'm a gigantic Moon Knight fan, so I understand why people would be excited about it. I, I, I love the idea of Moon Knight being anywhere, anytime. I think he's, <laughs> he's a great, he's a great character and a great supporting group of character. I love it. Um, Shang Chi uh, also, I, I, I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal character. I don't know what what the plans are with Marvel about about that character or about characters from from those from his particular comics. Um, so uh, I couldn't tell you, uh, I think that would, you know, that would, that would be a, a Marvel question about yeah. whether, you know, that's a character they'd want to use or not use. Okay. Um, uh, I do have other characters that I love from the, from the, um, comics that I would love to, love to, uh, to, to bring in. But again, it's all, it also depends on, on the examples there. No, I will, I will say one thing. It's funny. I noticed today that um, a lot of people were were mentioning that uh, that there might be like a Fantastic Four reference in season two because of the Baxter Street. But Baxter Street is a street in Chinatown. So the Baxter Building is in Midtown, but Baxter Street is, on, I believe, is in Chinatown. So I don't. I, it was one of those things where I feel like, like the Moon Knight thing. Like you know, it kind of out of control there for a minute where <laughs> it always people, goes out of control people, at moon night <laughs> yeah people, people, yeah people might have that's right people might have taken uh taken taken a comment and 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 a little wishful wishful thinking took over but there's, there's many many characters i would love to love to yeah. get my hands on i um one thing i will say is that i've always been a giant fan of um of uh, characters that are uh, that appear less frequently in comics, I like the C and D characters. Yeah. Those are my favorites. Totally. You know, yeah. yeah, it's the same. I love my B, C, D list Marvel characters. Um, yeah, so it's like you know, I'd be not. I mean, look, this is just as an example. I don't think it actually happened, but like, you know, I would be more. I'd be like, how about Elsa Bloodstone? How about? You know, J. Jonah Jameson as, oh. <laughs> uh, you know, the man wolf. You know, like, I'm always pitching, you know, I, 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 the people in my writer's room laugh because they're like, how do you, did you really, you really like those characters? I'm like, yeah, I really do. I, wow. When I was a kid, I thought, when I was a kid, I thought man wolf was awesome. You know, so it, to me, it's always like, I'm always looking for the most awesome D-list character that no one's ever heard of um, to, 
to find a, a way to bring in more than I'd be looking to cross over with, you know, with, with a, with a larger scale, yeah. I don't know, character. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's see. So obviously the fighting, uh, was escalated this season. Uh, did you have any part in creating Danny's sort of fighting style? Like what fighting styles he used? Or was that all up to the fight coordinator? Uh, no, we talk about everything. I mean, Clayton and I are real, it's, again, it's a real collaboration. Okay. You know, um, we had many, many conversations about the fighting styles. I, I talk, talk about it more in terms of story, of course, you know, like in about, you know, like for example, you know, I really wanted in the writer's room, we really wanted Davos to, to be very directed, like, you know, if he makes a motion, it's, it's a, it's a final one. You know, he's, yeah. he doesn't hesitate. And he's, and he's very direct and he's always in motion and, and he's also, um, tortured and, and that all his, you know, he's the kind of guy who does, um, he throws, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't waste a lot of time. He does a lot of kill hits, right? He's just, yeah, he just goes for, goes for broke, you know? And, uh, and so we talked about that with Clayton and then Clayton came back and said, Oh, I, I see his fighting as a mixture of X, Y, and, you know, okay. the other thing we talked about a lot with Clayton, which I thought was really interesting, which was wonderful, was, again, going back to Kun Lun, which is, people are like, well, what kind of martial arts do these guys know, like, specifically? And I'm like, yeah. well, they learned, they learned Kung Lun Kung Fu, so what's that? You know, and according to, again, this is according to Defenders, if you, if, if it's, if what, if, if what, and again, maybe what, Alexandra was, Alexandra was saying was not true. I don't know, but it seemed like, you know, there was a basis of martial arts, but that many other cultures over 2000 years may have integrated into that martial arts. So that is a very unique fighting style. That's, that's a Kunlunian form of fighting yeah. style, right? So, so, and so that was the basis for some of the conversations I had with, um, Clayton, and then he built that from his knowledge of of real martial arts. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it was even in the early comics they mentioned that Kunlun teaches stuff like ninjutsu, taekwondo, and kung fu, judo, jiu-jitsu, so that's cool. Uh, did, was there any specific style Danny used, or was it just, you know, a um, mixed bag of all sorts of things? Like in terms of uh, well, think, what Finn Jones used, I should that, say. That, that would be a better. Well, that, that would be a better. Well, Finn Finn did a lot of training in a lot of different areas. He, you know, from mental training, you know, from meditation and, and yoga uh, uh, to learning a lot about the philosophy behind martial arts and yeah. and uh, and then he also did a lot of stunt work. So he worked with the stunt team to to you know better integrate. His fighting and to and, and to learn more about stunt work so he could do most of his own fighting, um, and then it, he also trained with a uh, with a, a, a an actual black belt uh, and I think who was in Wing Chun no he was in something he, I don't, the black belt was a was a real deal um, uh, uh, really serious um, uh, uh, teacher and he, okay. he he also had he had a number, he had a number of different people who brought different sort of uh, uh, styles of fighting to him. And then again, Clayton, who 
came up with Sam O'Hung on, on uh, martial law and has worked with some of the great um, uh, stunt coordinators and fight coordinators and directors uh, and martial artists over the years, he sort of handled the specifics of fighting styles. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's cool that you went to learn from a serious black belt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Finn took it really seriously. You worked a lot on the relationship with the Daughters of the Dragon this season, uh, Misty and Colleen. Yeah. Did you enjoy working with Simone Missick? Uh, did did she sort of yeah. become like a regular cast member with all the other guys? Yeah. Oh yeah, she's fantastic, and she got along with everyone so well. Look, a lot of the like a lot of that chemistry that you're seeing on screen between her and Jessica Hamwick is because you know they get along so well. Um, there's a little bit of chemistry there as well between her and Tom Pelfrey that. I thought it was kind of great. That, yeah, um, that, is that going to go anywhere? Or? Who knows? I mean, it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, Simone um, was incredibly gracious and wonderful to work with, and she's a real, a real powerhouse of, a, of, a, of an actor and also a, a tremendously lovely person. And she, um, she brought... And she just brought so much to the season, and we were yeah. not just, you know, not just as an actor and as a character, but also, which is great to have her around. She's absolutely lovely. Cool. Um, is there is there any? Because obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of people still a bit upset about Colleen and Danny being together, but you know, obviously, it can't be exactly like the comics. I was just wondering, is there any is there any more interactions, or do you have a sort of is there going to be more building of a relationship between Misty and Danny? Not necessarily romantic, just, uh, you know, I enjoy seeing those two characters interact on screen. Well, here's the deal. It's funny. Uh, again, like, I've done the research. Do you know how many times Danny and Misty were on screen together before they met each other in season two of Iron Fist? Zero, right? Zero times. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, he, he paid for the arm, right? Yeah. And clearly they've had some sort of interactions. You know, if they have met, then it must have been briefly, right? Or we don't know, but they, they don't even know each other. So I think, again, in the evolution of these characters, then, yeah, I totally want to see them. There's a lot of moments in the season where... They are having conversations that they've never had before and trying to connect with each other. And I think they end the season in a place where they're much, much closer, you know, than they, because now they actually know each other and spend time together. So yeah. I'm very interested in, in, in seeing where that relationship can go. And absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I loved when they sort of clashed because it's kind of like the unstoppable force meets the immovable wall. <laughs> When it comes to Danny yeah. and Misty butting heads, um, yeah, Danny's yeah. so stubborn, and Misty just won't take no for an answer. And yeah, it was really fun seeing those two work off each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is from Carl, my other co-host. Uh, okay. In in the final episode, Danny is armed with Colleen's sword. Yet at the end, Davos still has both hands. Why did you decide to skip this perfect opportunity to cut off Davos's hand? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I didn't, uh, no one, no one pitched me cutting off the hand. Yeah. Um, I also um, if you cut off, if you cut off Davos's hand. Then 
how we are going to have Davos. Don't you want to see Davos come back? I mean, don't you want to see him fight? Like, I want to. Well, you know I mean, like, I don't know. There's a really cool uh, few panels in Immortal Iron Fist where his hand gets. Yeah, cut no, off. he's got that. Yeah, he's yeah, got the he, ghost hand. He grows like yeah. the chi hand, but obviously that might be a bit difficult to pull off. <laughs> um, no, we could do it. I mean, I, again, that was. Uh, I think it's a really awesome question. Uh, it hadn't occurred to anyone to cut his hand off. Yeah, it, also, it didn't even occur to me. Did, like, did, I missed did, that. Did Colleen. Didn't, again, they didn't Colleen, Colleen cut Bakuda's head off. So, uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to repeat. Oh, not, not Davos's head, his hand, just his hand. No, I know, but still, you know, it's like, how many, how many body parts do you want to have? We're cutting off hands, cutting off heads, come on, we gotta draw the line somewhere. Hey, that's why the original Star Wars trilogy was so great, because everyone was getting their hands cut off, so. That's true, that's true. <laughs> So, um, hey, Connor, why, why don't you throw one more my way, and then I'm going to have to bail. Yeah, uh, yep, so, no worries. Is that cool? Yep, that's pick, all pick, good. Pick, one, uh, pick, pick a good one. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, I could ask about the show, or I could satisfy my own curiosity. Um, let's just see. Actually, I actually covered most of everything, so that's good. Um... Well, let's let's end this on a fun note. So, uh, I read you worked with Jackie Chan, and I've just got to ask, yeah. what's he like? Is he a real serious worker, like I think he is? Or he is he is one of the coolest people I've ever met, and one of the most gracious and and uh, and kind and funny people. He's incredibly hardworking. He's a genius. Um, of uh, an, an amazing actor and director and writer and you know just one of the rare I don't know like iconic superstars uh, of of, of uh, world cinema. So I think he and, and and he lives up to that. Like when you meet him, uh, the thing that's so cool is he's all those things and yet he's incredibly kind and and lovely and uh and uh to everybody he's just a he's a, an absolute pleasure to work with um i didn't get a chance to to i wrote a movie for him it didn't it didn't get made but i did get a chance to go with my writing partner at the time uh Stu zickerman to we did a, a week-long uh stint working on action rewrites for rush hour two and we flew to vegas and were able to be there with him um and that was one of the best experiences of my life watching him <laughs> craft craft an action sequence. And then we we got to have dinner with him actually. Um, we uh, in New York uh, when we were writing this movie for him, uh, and uh, the movie was supposed to take place on top of the World Trade Center. Uh, Danny, uh, Danny uh, Jackie was supposed to be a window washer um, who gets involved in this whole plot up there, and uh, <laughs> we went up to the top of the World Trade Center with him and. And, uh, he looked out across the, the buildings and said, you know, maybe we stretch a wire, you know, across these two. And, and, and I was like, and, and I could walk <laughs> on it. And I was like, I was like, but don't you do your own stunts? And he goes, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> and, then, and then, uh, we had dinner afterwards and I got to sit next to him and, uh, I, uh, had a great time. And then at a certain point I sort of said to him, you know, do you mind if I ask you some sort of fan questions, you know, about your movies? And he was like, please, go ahead. So wow. we talked a lot about, about Drunken Master 2, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And he, 
showed me the scar on his arm where when he when he falls back onto the hot coals in the final fight sequence, um, he was wearing a, a, a fire retardant jacket, but he really did fall back on coals. <laughs> and in one of the takes, he forgot to roll his sleeve down. Oh, so he man. rolled back onto red hot coals and he showed me that on his arm and uh, talk, talked about the making of that of that fight sequence. So, wow, awesome. uh, if, if if you if anyone has the opportunity to meet to see him to uh, to learn from him in any way, I would I would jump in it. He's a he's a as I said, he's one of the true icons of of, of, of world cinema and a, and a great guy. Outside of Jackie Chan cult as well, probably. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he could. He's, he's, he's certainly got. He's certainly got. Um, Got uh, 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 some amazing, amazing films that he's made. He's, yeah, he's really, he's really, really, really a tremendous, tremendous uh, force. All right, well, I'll let you go, but just one last thing: what's uh, what's the next mm. project you're working on? Is there anything you want people to check out? Or, uh, well, I'm hoping that the next project I'm working on is uh, is Iron Fist season three. Let's 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 keep our our, uh, our fingers crossed uh, there. Yeah, you know, definitely um, that that would be. That would, be, that would be the number one thing that I would love to be working on. Yeah, well, I'll definitely be giving the show another watch, so that'll give more views. Hopefully we get that uh, right. season excellent. three. Thank you for all these uh, excellent questions, and uh, it's been great chatting with you. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, thanks very much. We went an hour over time, but I'm very happy <laughs> we had some really good talks. So, yeah, if you ever want to come on again, just uh, give us a shout. All right, will do. All right, you have a good one. You too. See ya. Bye. And that was my interview with Mr. Raven Metzner. I hope you guys enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed recording that. It was awesome to talk with another super fan of Iron Fist who happened to be showrunner of Iron Fist Season 2. Crazy times we live in and must be a dream come true for him. Uh, So feel free to leave feedback on that episode. It was my first interview after all. Uh, even if your feedback is you're a sellout fraud hack and I hate you because you didn't answer my question or anything like that. Uh, Sorry for anyone whose questions I missed. We did go an hour over time, which I would like to thank Mr. Metzler for staying that long. There was just not enough room to get everything in, but I believe I generally covered everyone's questions, almost everyone's questions. So yeah, I hope you guys are happier with it. And I'll see you on the next episode, Iron Fist Season 2 Review plus Feedback. I believe Carl will be joining me for that one. So, yeah, until next time, may your iron guns become unto things of iron and chi. Peace. Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney. Any musical images we use belong to their respective copyright holders. We do this for fun. So please don't sue us. You can contact us at Sons of the Dragon Podcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, anything you want, really. It doesn't even have to be related to Iron Fist. If you don't want it read on the air, though, make sure you mention that. You can also find us on Facebook, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. Our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon, uh, hyphens where the spaces are. Our YouTube, Connor Carl. Just search Iron Fist Podcast and you'll find us real quick. We are also on iTunes. If you find us there, give us a review and rate us. If it's less than 5 stars, please say why so we can improve the show. 
and we're on Podcast Garden in the literature section, and last but not least, head over to our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Artist Podcast.wordpress.com. That's where I put all the show notes. And I would like to thank Thomas Tissot for letting us use his Iron Fist theme song for the start of our show. And finally, thanks to you guys for listening.